Depression is a motherfucker. But there is help out there. I urge you that if you are depressed and have thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. And if that's not there, I'd also like to support the Trevor Foundation. You can find them at trevorfoundation.org. This is Nicholas Dye from Nowhere, California and the Ectopod. Remember, there is help out there and you are not alone. Do you like what's going on? Then vote. If you don't like what's going on, then fucking vote. Get out, get informed, and vote. Great place to start is nerdsvote.com. You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you love what you hear, you can find us on your favorite podcast search engines and subscribe. And also, if you don't mind, leave us a like or a review. And if hearing us is not enough, you can always get your Nowhere California fix by going to NowhereCalifornia.com. And you can send your thoughts, ideas, or some random bullshit to our email, which is Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Don't forget, we are Nowhere California. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. This Josh. And where the fuck is everybody? Ah, uh, damn it. 2020 just took a weird turn. This is nowhere, California. I don't know what's real anymore. Okay, I got through the opening. Good. Okay. Uh, this is episode 150 of Nowhere, California, and it's also our ninth anniversary. This is going to be kind of a secret project because, unfortunately, the guys cannot be here. Uh, gotta love 2020 and all the fucked up shit going on. But I'm going to miss them. I'm going to hopefully do them proud by this episode because it's been a while since I've done a solo episode. But before I do that, you know what? I'm going to set the mood a little bit here. There's a little mood music. Yeah, there we go. And if you know the, this reference, uh, then you're on the you're listening to the right show. Anyways, Nowhere California is nine years old. We are close to our decade point. Um, let's see. I've been here since day one. Phil's been here off and on since day one. Doug got there within the first year. Doug was in the mix, and then I think it was year five. Nick was in the mix, but it's interesting how far we've come and what we got laid out in front of us because for us being an independent production and everything we've been able to pull off a lot of cool shit and I think with this episode I'm going to challenge myself creatively here by sitting behind this microphone and talk to you guys because I think if I remember correctly I've only done this like maybe once or twice in the past and that was for like like con preview episodes just talking about guests and whatnot and trying to survive through that with my self-masochistic mind and everything but I think I'm going to rock this one encouragement will be uh, welcomed hopefully anyways uh, you know before content ID hits me and the music gets a little too distracting let's go 3, 2, win, 1 music off gotta love being the editor of the show so the best place to start would be the beginning and that'd be back in 2011 a much more simpler time hell 2019 is a much simpler time hell 
February of this year was a much simpler time. Fucking shit. Anyways, back in 2011, I was working Target, like I still am, and some stuff was happening. Let's just say uh, um, if you have ever, ever had a person be your worst mistake, then you're in the same boat as me because that some crazy shit was going on that way and I was just trying to figure out something to do creatively I needed an outlet I needed to do something to break up the monotony of work and home because you get in that cycle you burn out fucking fast and this is about the time this has been like a year or two into the world of Smodcast the podcast empire created by one Kevin Smith and the thing that stuck in my mind a lot was like, why not try a podcast? Why not try a podcast? And at work, every time I would be cleaning up stuff, uh, zoning different areas and electronics, there'd be a microphone kit. And this microphone set came with editing software. It was really reasonably priced too. So I was just like, fuck it, let's, let's just do this. But I knew I was gonna do this by myself. No, there was no way in hell I was just gonna do what I'm doing right now. It took me nine years for me to talk more than five minutes on this thing. So I hit up one of my best friends, Philip Morgan, and said, hey, uh, you, you want to attempt a podcast with me? And as I've repeatedly said on the show during these times of years and everything, he said, why not? I didn't exactly know what the hell a podcast was, but me and him would always hang out at his house and sh just shoot the shit about nerd shit pop culture, movies, jokes, stand-up comedy, everything that you hear us talk about now, we would do without the microphone. So I think it was July of 2011, we sat down in his house and did the first episode of Nowhere, California. As you're probably wondering, like, hey, wait a second, if Nowhere's anniversary is August 2nd, why did you guys record in July? Well, simply, I was lazy. We recorded in July, and it was a blast. It was so much fun to do that and just be creative that way we i believe we discussed cannibal the musical and just kind of did stuff i i haven't listened to the first episode in such a long time i need to go back and do that but we finished the first episode and i kind of got lazy kind of got a little anxiety going because of the actual editing and going forth and putting it online because i'll i've said it before on here and i'll say it again because a lot of this is going to repeat but Hopefully some new listeners will hear this and get inspired and we'll get more on that later. But I was just nervous, like, oh, crap, I have no clue what the fuck I'm doing. Am I going to be able to do this correctly? And if you listen back to those episodes, a little janky and everything like that, but we're able to pull it off. Like, we, we had notes and everything. We almost practically read from a script, but we rolled with it. And then the editing, I took my time and just did it. So the first episode happened and we loved it. And... At first, we were under a free account with uh, people at Podomatic and quickly we realized we talk a lot and needed to kick it up a notch. So that's when we started throwing money at this. Uh, I guess that's a hobby for you. If you love it, you throw money at it. And we kept rolling. The episodes got bigger and we started. I think we started going twice a month very quickly. And within the first few episodes, Doug jumped in the mix. And his lovely wife, Monique, sat in on a couple, and then we finally roped her into the mix. And we were off to the races. As cheesy as that line is, we were off to the races. And 
it was a blast. It was fun. It was stress relieving and all that stuff. It was best form of therapy I've ever had at that moment. I can try to keep uh, retelling the whole history of everything, but I'm going to keep it brief. It's I'm not going to bore you with that shit. I just want to mark this milestone for us, and this is the best way I can. So, anyways, during that time, we kept doing episodes, uh, figured out different things we wanted to do, and one thing that did come up was covering a convention. Doug hit me up online and said, hey, there's press credentials that we can get for this uh, convention called Days of the Dead, the horror convention that was mainly East Coast. They were coming to the West Coast. We jumped on it. We sent our request in and got it, which was a shock to us since we were us. We had some episodes and kind of just went for it and got it. We were able to cover Days of the Dead each time that it was in California, and those people that run... That convention are amazing. If you get a chance to check out the Days of the Dead convention, do it. But we hit the ground running with this convention and decided to jump in, get some interviews. We talked to horror movie legends within the first couple moments of our first time out in the field. Hell, we got an interview with Nancy Thompson from Nightmare on Elm Street, head of the landing camp, and that's still one of the greatest highlights of my podcasting life is talking with her and having a really awesome interview with her. And of course, too, you've seen in the past with the unfortunate passing of Sid Haig, how many times we crossed paths with him and how amazing it was each time. So started hitting conventions and started doing more episodes, growing out of our our home at Potomatic. If you check back on those old episodes, I, I'm kind of keeping it clean there because they, they kind of fucked with us a little bit. It wasn't really them fucking with us. It was them fucking with our other podcasts. And that's another thing that kind of sprung out of the world of nowhere. We decided to step our toes into different realms of pop culture and start other podcasts. We did a podcast, several podcasts for wrestling, Two Marks and a Chick, and then From Marks Unknown. Short-lived as they were, they are fun, they are a blast. But honestly, you look back at them with it being a news centric podcast, can't really do a weekly podcast with the schedules we have. If you notice how sometimes our schedules suck on this show. Anyways, we did the wrestling ones. Uh, me and Monique did a podcast on the series Dexter, which kind of fizzled out. I, I'm hoping we can pick that ball up and get in a run with it. But the couple episodes we did on that, I loved. It was a blast. I loved the Dexter series. She is a fan of it, too, and we both love the books and just the world of that creation. We loved it. And then another podcast sprung up, and that one is still going to this day, known as the Ectopod. All four of us, me, Phil, Nick, and Doug, love Ghostbusters. And we started that one, I believe it was the 30th anniversary year for Ghostbusters, but then also, too, that year marked the passing of the legendary, iconic Harold Ramis. So it kind of was twofold. We wanted to honor his legacy, but also to talk about Ghostbusters. And that Tapod still goes to today and is very strong, loved by a lot of people. And it's a blast to do. And it, it, we found that formula to be able to work with a news format, but only doing it once a month. But the extra podcasts weren't just relegated outside of the nowhere world. We started doing strictly movie discussions with the Why Not episodes 
We haven't done them often lately, but we still have plans of doing more. And then also, too, as movie geeks as we are, one of my favorite things we started doing is fucking commentaries. And the why commentaries to be, like, exact on some of that love for the commentaries. I love digging out the most dumbest fucking movies to make these guys watch and get their reaction because, hey, they're my friends. They entertain the shit out of me. They're talented dudes. But uh, I'm going to be diving into them a little bit more later that that sounded way dirtier than i intended but i digress as we built episodes started doing conventions and trying other podcasts about that time nick came into the mix at first it was just supposed to be like i think it was just going to be a one shot where we were going to have nick and mike alonzo debate who's better superman or batman and I think Mike would admit that it didn't exactly go to plan because Nick owned it. And that quickly made the decision easy to have him just get into the mix with us because why not? A lot of stuff you're going to hear about in Nowhere right now and what you've probably heard over the years is we're, uh, we're a continuing experiment of why not, honestly. And you're getting that right now with this because I think I'm doing pretty good right now. Nick's in the mix and we continue to grow our episodes and I'm going to wrap up this history thing right now by just saying where we're at now. We have a fucking website. There is a nowherecalifornia.com. We have Nowhere California slap bracelets. As a kid from the 90s, that's kind of fucking cool. And we have one round of shirts where we're working on a new shirt project to get another shirt out there and there's all there's a bunch of different things i really want to get done when it comes to nowhere and pogs are in that mix we are continuing episodes we got the banking down and everything where we'll load up some episodes and have them ready for several months so we know our listeners have something to laugh at or shake their head in shame at during this fucked up situation, fucked up time we're in. Like we said, when the pandemic really first hit, like hopefully we can entertain you, but also too, we hopefully can entertain ourselves because God, what the fuck is going on? As we look down the barrel of our 10 years, are getting close to a fucking decade and nowhere, uh, it, our history is good. I've said this in different like bios of nowhere and different circumstances i honestly still believe like nowhere can stand toe-to-toe with some of the mainstream shows we are independently fueled and nerd driven and i don't ever want to see it any way different that's enough with the history and everything um one of the things that has happened over the years with nowhere i have had people actually come up to me and go oh god i love what you're doing with the podcast i i I've been inspired to do my own. I'm like, what? I've been what? I've inspired you? I Hell, one of the weirdest moments was at the first Days of the Dead convention where me and Phil were standing in line to go meet Kane Hodder, and this guy in front of us was like, your guys' voice sounds familiar. I'm like, uh, do you listen to podcasts? He was like, yeah. And I'm like, Nowhere, California. He's like, oh, yeah, Nowhere, California. And that would have been an opportune time for me and Phil to be like, oh, hey, and schmooze and whatnot. It was almost like he whipped his dick out at us. <sighs> he didn't. And he wasn't like 
negative or like a dick or anything to us, but we were just like, what the fuck? What do we do? There's been those circumstances, though, that I've had people tell me like, oh, I've started my own because of you guys, or I've done this, or I've done that. And it, it now looking back at it, I find it kind of cool. During those random times, I really wasn't sure the best advice to give. I would give some random stuff. I'll probably say it here now, but the only thing I really say, if you are thinking about doing a podcast or something in this vein, just honestly, just do it. Like I said before, when I first uh, decided to broach the subject with Phil and just decided to get a podcast going, I was in a freaking weird-ass place, and I needed something that I wanted to do and everything, so... As I said, just do it, but also do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else but yourself. Like, do it for the people that you want to bring into the mix, like your friends and everything. But no matter what, if you're not doing it for yourself, if you're doing it to be like, ooh, I'm going to be internet famous or I'm going to make money off this, we're starting our 10th year, and we're possibly this year we can cross that line of like, ooh, we can actually get money possibly. But if we don't, that's not going to be a deal breaker because I fucking love doing this and I love doing it with my friends. As I said, just do it and do it for yourself. If there's any like random pieces of advice I can give right now, I'd say two key ones would be to bank up some episodes. If you want to stick to a schedule, like bank up some episodes leading into your initial launch so you can have your episodes come out at regular intervals that's the one thing i that's honestly one of the major things i regret about the start of nowhere is not having episodes ready to roll it's not a bad thing but it's just something i wish i did differently and then also too i've said it multiple times on past nowheres where your first episode's gonna suck ours did any like you can go into the biggest names and podcasting and listen to their first episode it's not going to be great first podcast was just loaded up with music and it was Mosher and Kev just talking about I think it was like some like seven foot tall Chinese guy sticking his arm down a dolphin's neck cool show and everything but you can tell it was them trying to figure out the their placement like what they really wanted to do and you can tell we kind of copied that with our first episode because we had all that music underneath our talking and everything and we, i thought oh that's the way to do it but then realized no it's not and we dropped the music within two or three episodes and but you know know that there's going to be speed bumps when you first start and honestly there's been a couple times where i've let doubt and anxiety like kind of take over and i didn't take a shot at asking for an interview with certain people and unfortunately now some of them have passed away like recently with grant amahara he was at the i believe it was the most recent los angeles comic-con in 2019 and i really wanted to talk to him but i kind of scared myself out of it and now that he's gone i totally fucking regret it and then also, too, one of the biggest examples of not taking that shot where I should have, and I hope you, you as listeners will learn from it if you are tr- if you're wanting to attempt a podcast or even just generally just to step up to somebody you admire and be like, hey, can I talk to you for a couple moments? One of the big ones I freaking regret along the lines of not uh, talking with Grant Yamahara happened at the 2018 Los Angeles Comic Con. I was interviewing Mike Zabsik from Comic Book Men and John Schnapp, the director of the death of superman lives what happened documentary came up and said hey to mike and 
started talking to him, but didn't realize it was I was doing the interview, so he kind of backed off. But I froze because I was like, "Oh God, it's him! It's John Schnapp!" And I've been I attempted to get interviews with him off and on, but it, something always happened where it fell through. But like, I froze up and kind of gingerly made my way through the rest of the interview with Mike and kind of left it there. But if I took the shot and like brought him into the interview too, it could have been something really cool and something I would have loved to have had happen. But but you got to take those shots. You have to take those shots. Well, I looked at the computer and checked the timer, and this is going longer than I thought it was going to go. I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself on here. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but damn, I'm good at this by myself. I may do this more often. You may get a solo commentary or something in the future. I'm kidding. I don't like doing this by myself. I miss the guys. But it's the anniversary, so I wanted to make sure we had an episode out. And with any Nowhere California anniversary episode, you know what's going to come now is the thank yous. And I'm going to try to hit a lot of them here, so bear with me. I'm hoping that this isn't boring the shit out of you, but I do want to make sure I hit a lot of the important names from Nowhere's Past as we look forward to our decade point. Okay, first up are probably going to be a little bit some of the more personal ones outside of the Nowhere realm, but you know what? I got to put them on digital wax, so I got to say it here. And the first two are going to be two that will not be able to hear because they have passed. But the first two are going to be uh, my best friend from high school, uh, Tom Quinnett, and my journalism teacher from high school, uh, Mr. Michael Egan. Uh, Tom, I've talked about on here a lot before, and thinking back to the times we'd be just talking movie shit and then also to thinking we'd get scripts written and everything but we never really got past the character pages but it was fun it was we're dumbass kids that's what we did but i still would have loved to have him sit behind the microphone and just enjoy the shit because i think he would dig this a lot and then as i talked about in the past with uh, mr egan he was the one that kind of taught me a lot about life and what to question about life and outlooks on like journalism and questioning things and research and all that shit. He was a teacher's teacher. He was that teacher that you saw in movies, but I was lucky enough to have. And he was a great man. So rest in peace, you two. And no matter what, thank you for the impact you've had in my life. Next up would be my therapist my current therapist right now and she's probably going to be my therapist for a while because she rocks and I, w- I lucked out with her and I think with the time I have spent in sessions with her and everything I think it's uh, helped me improve myself on here and in the real world too like I still have a lot to work on and everything but I, I lucked out with that therapist and I thank her so much for helping me clear my head out a little bit and to wrap up the personal side, um, you've heard her a couple times on the Nowhere recently, and she's going to be on here a lot, and that, that's Kim. Love her to death, and she she's something. <laughs> I don't really know how to put it without sounding schmaltzy, so I'll just leave it at that. I'll just say phenomena. Uh, this next batch is going to be the friends of the podcast, and there's a lot of them. And please, if I forget your names, direct all your hate mail towards Nick. You can find him on Facebook or drop me a line. I, I can probably give you his home address and phone number. Call him at 3 in the morning and tell, tell him your thoughts. But, but honestly, if I forget your name, trust me, it is not a 
stab at you or anything like that. It's just there's a lot of people to name here. Um, let's go with uh, right off the top of the bat, Monique, Doug's wife. She has been on a while, but she's been a great supporter since day one and has been in the mix a lot and has been very encouraging for all of us to continue this, and it's been awesome. She's such a good friend, and I thank you, Monique. Um, let's see. Mike Alonzo, I talked about him earlier with the Great Debate episodes. He has been a freaking flag waver for us for a while and a great friend of the show, along with Matthew White, who is on, off and on early in our life form and living in Florida now, and we hear from him off and on. But, dude, Matt, it's – I think I said it on mic before. Like, I didn't understand your weirdness back in the day, but I definitely understand it now. <laughs> especially with the nerdum that we share. So there you go there. Uh, let's see who else. My friend Robin, who was on episodes early in her life too, and she's been always encouraging in the creative world. So thank you. Uh, I guess diving into the convention world, the friends that we've met and have made in the convention world has been amazing. And I take great pride and pleasure in being able to watch their projects grow and become what they have become and the first people i definitely would have to think would be the would be the two people that we met at days of the dead all those years ago when they were promoting their little uh pilot that they were trying to fund and everything that became a really awesome pilot that should deserve to see the light of day but it's for not but for with that being said i definitely gotta thank satu and steve j palmer they have been amazing to us in our early stages and i'm lucky enough to be able to still call them friends if you want to check out any of their work right now uh Satu is currently working on a pilot for her creation, Hessians of Burbank, which the music is awesome, and I can only imagine just from the writing for Queen Gloria alone, the writing and just creative output for Hessians of Burbank is going to rock, and I do emphasize rock. Steve J. Palmer is a busy, busy, busy fucking man. Because he can be found in Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2 as Wild Bill. And he's still out there doing some voice work and everything and just being an actor. And you can also find him on Cameo, which is a really good service. And I would highly recommend if you are a video game fan and just want to get a cool Cameo video, check out Steve J. Palmer on there. And also, too, Steve, in our early life, hooked us up with a lot of great fucking interviews with some impressive people like one prime example would be Brad Carter and everything else in between that it's everything that Steve has done for the show if nowhere ever gets like a hall of fame or like we could dub Saint Hoods uh Steve J Palmer would be part of that mix next up I definitely would have to thank and give a shout out as cheesy as that freaking sounds to George Wassel the man behind Oh Hell Comics we met him, I believe it was a Long Beach Comic Con, and within moments of talking to him about what he's working on and everything and the description of the comic book of Oh Hell, we knew we wanted to talk to him, and that interview led to some 
great conversations, uh, good friendship and everything, and also to helping out with his crowdfunding, and he helped us out too. We, it's one of those great moments when you find a creative uh, friend and you know you can talk to him about stuff and be able to help promote his stuff and he'll help promote your stuff. He is currently working on a book. Haven't heard the title yet, but from what he, his descriptions of the book, it's going to be freaking awesome. But you can always check out the first run of Oh Hell online, or you can still pick it up in paperback, uh, trade paperback form and everything like that. Search it out. It's a great comic. I would highly recommend it. It's a great book. And then next up, most recently, would be uh, Chuck Norfolk, the writer-director behind Getting Schooled, and honestly, everybody that we've met through Chuck, like, like Joe Siffy and Chuck's talented wife, uh, Courtney Sanford. We met Chuck at Days of the Dead, the last one that happened in California, and we were able to see Getting Schooled. Love the freaking movie. Check it out. It is on Amazon right now, along with his new movie, The Life Insurance Lottery. And in Life Insurance Lottery, you see my face. But we had some great conversations with him. His uh, cast for getting school was there and also uh, Courtney was there we were able to dive deep into this movie even before seeing the movie we liked what we were hearing and then the movie just solidified it since then I've been lucky enough to keep in contact with Chuck and be able to get a peek at some of his new projects and see the evolution of him and everything and I was able to see the evolution of life insurance lottery and this is a great flick you gotta check it out and I thank Chuck for letting me behind those doors of the creative process and it has inspired my work as I'm actively kind of pushing myself forward in the creative world and challenging myself to get off the fucking sidelines and do the shit I want to do and like this podcast and I'll get more into that later but this this I owe a lot to this podcast another really great and talented independent combo creator Jason Beckwith I definitely got to thank him. He has given us a lot of great conversations and just been a good sounding board on the creative world. And he he has some great work out there. You should definitely check it out through his website and everything. But, yeah, big thank you to Jason Beckwith. And uh, seriously, I can go on and on and on and on. But thank you to everybody that we have crossed paths with at any of the conventions that we've done, any of the film premieres that I've been able to cover, because, yeah, I've covered film premieres. That's the still the weirdest fucking thing that I've worked red carpets and gone to film premieres and rubbed elbows with these people. And one of the most awesome feelings about what Nowhere California has brought to me and to the circle is the great feeling to see such talented independent creative minds build their world and show it to the world and be able to watch and go that is awesome i saw it in its infancy and see these people step forward and get into the limelight and we're able to go that's awesome they deserve this so much and i thank all of them for lighting us into their world okay now for the guys that aren't here um you know i was going to mention them i'd be a dick if i didn't because there's no show without them, minus this show right here and the possible other ones I may do by myself because fuck 2020. <laughs> but I've done this with these three individuals for going on to almost a decade now. Like Phil has been here since 
day one, and Doug has pretty much been here since day one, and and Nick came in later in the mix. But we've we've crossed a lot of bridges outside of the podcast world, and still sat and had a blast doing this, and continue to have a blast doing this. We've gone through marriages, we've gone through death, we've gone through birth, we've gone through illness, we've gone through physical disabilities, mental health, as you can tell from our continuing mental health pop at the beginning of the show. We we are family, we are brothers, and I can't thank them enough, but I'm going to attempt to try to thank them individually right now. First up would be the guy that started this with me, is Phil. Seriously, I owe Phil a lot because I don't know what would have happened if he would have said no when I approached him to start a podcast. If it was like, you want to do a podcast? No, not really. Okay, bye. And I wouldn't be sitting in my room right now talking to a microphone alone because, like I said, 2020, fucking schedule's up. Damn you. But... Phil is seriously talented, and I'm going to be saying that a lot about the everybody right now, but I've known Phil since the sixth grade, and he's always been a performer, an actor, and everything like that, and I've been lucky enough to see him hit the stage multiple times, and then recently, one of the, seriously, one of the proudest moments as a friend was watching Phil on the series premiere of Penny Dreadful City of Angels. And it wasn't like he was just kind of in the background. I'm like, oh, hey, there's Phil. He was in the fucking foreground. He was up there with freaking Nathan Lane. I was so fucking proud to see that. And seriously, I owe a lot to Phil. And he hasn't been here lately, but he he knows the door is wide open for him at any time. And I... I cannot hope for anything more for him than happiness. Seriously, period. End of story. Next up would be, let's go with Nick. Nick was a latecomer to nowhere, but he, when he jumped in, it was like he had been here since day one. He had uh, a previous life in, not the, really the podcasting world, but like uh, video uh, pop cultureness with uh, Just Cool News. And his love for nerdum and everything, pop culture and everything, is the stuff of legends. You see his collections and just geek out with them, comic book-wise, and just enjoy every moment. But also, too, he's a loyal fucking friend. He has his faults. We all have our fucking faults. But he, he's fucking loyal. And if he feels like he has done anybody wrong, he, he hurts. And tries to make amends for it and that that's a good person in my eyes that's a good person and nick is a good person i enjoy hanging out with them and being in front of these mics and disagreeing and just bullshitting for hours on end and then editing it and listening to it again the man is a talented actor like phil and i've been lucky enough to see him in a couple plays too and can't wait to see him continue his world and I consider myself lucky to be able to call him my friend and now for Doug Doug is the greatest friend anybody can ask for 
I know I can go to him for any issue and he can come to me for any issue. He has his struggles, but he's kicking their asses. And sometimes the struggles do get the best of them, but he knows that he can bounce back. And I'm always ready to remind him that. Everybody is ready to remind him that. And that's, that's a sign of a fighter. And his creative mind, like the other guys, is bar none. He is a creative son of a bitch. Before I really started knowing Doug and become friends with him, I was kind of a wayward fan of Kevin Smith, but he was the one that relit my fandom towards Kevin Smith. That led to this, because if I wasn't geeking out on Kevin Smith and listening to podcasts, I would not, I don't think I would ever have decided to jump in front of the mic. As much as Phil was the first one I approached to start the podcast, I knew eventually Doug would be deep in the mix. And... I thank him so much for continually to push me creatively and help me through the bullshit. Because, damn, bullshit sucks. But if you have friends like these guys, it makes it a lot easier. Now this next one is going to be a little weird because, I don't know, I'm going to thank the podcast in general. I'm going to thank the podcast and you, the listeners. If it wasn't for Nowhere California, me deciding, like, hey, let's fucking do this, and even approach Phil for this, if it wasn't for this idea, I seriously have no clue where the fuck I'd be right now. Nowhere California has opened the door to take that risk in traveling, and I've been to Hawaii, and I've been to London. London was an amazing trip, and I don't think I would have had the balls to do that kind of trip if it wasn't for Nowhere California. Also, with Nowhere California, I wouldn't have... Honestly, I wouldn't have taken that step forward when it came to my mental health because the conversations on mic and off mic with Doug and just learning about the ups and downs and everything and understanding like, oh, yeah, something's not right up there. I, I would honestly say if it wasn't for the podcast, I'd still be struggling. I, I still struggle, but I'd be struggling a lot harder if it wasn't for this podcast. And also, too, with nowhere california i've been lucky enough to meet some heroes i've actually met a lot of my own personal heroes i've met christopher titus the stand-up comic i've met henry rollins the amazing punk icon and spoken word legend and then also too this past year at the 2019 los angeles comic-con i met fucking kevin smith and i was able to tell him about nowhere california and thank him for that um, I, I don't remember a lot of what I said because I was still kind of like what the fuck I'm, I'm talking to Kevin Smith but I wouldn't have been able to meet him if it wasn't for the show I wouldn't have been at the con doing the press thing and then learning like oh there's a contest to meet him okay let's do this and then getting in that mix and having that happen and having Kim next to me as I meet Kevin Smith was the icing on the cake but if it wasn't for Nowhere California I None of that would have happened. Seriously. Period. End of story. And so with that, I thank you, the listeners, because we still get good numbers. We don't get like freaking like barn burning numbers. We don't get like the triple digits on every episode. Love that. But we don't. But we still get some good counts. And with that, it makes us want to continue it. If it was the first year and every episode was getting nothing this would have died a quick death but now over nine years later and 
getting close to 200 fucking episodes. I thank you guys for putting up with our shit and well, not sending us negative emails or anything like that. Because, hey, yeah, if we would have got some emails to tell us to shut the fuck up or anything like that, we would have probably ended it a lot sooner, too. But to you, the listeners, I thank you for everything. You continue to listen. At least it shows in the numbers. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And I hope it inspires you. And and it's not like that hallmark moment of inspiration or anything like that. I just hope if you can look at this and go, wow, this guy has been able to do all that shit continues to do this show and be able to pull off all this stuff with little to no knowledge of what he's doing because like when I started doing this I had no clue what the fuck I was doing and I still kind of don't I still go by by the seat of my pants on it but I love it I love doing this and I love the fact that we still get listeners I love the fact that I can sit with my friends and bullshit I love the fact that those walls that I put up are slowly crumbling and I'm stepping off that sideline and taking a shot at things. So I think that's about it. And I think that's about it for the episode because I was thinking about figuring out how to play a game, but playing with myself on the mic would probably be a little awkward. And I know what I just said. You can quote me on it. I don't care. I know what I said. I think it's time to wrap it up. This has been the ninth anniversary celebration for nowhere california and i've been thinking about it recently and i think i finally know the best way to sign off one thing we're going to start saying when we sign off is mask it or casket it's plain and simple people i didn't really talk about corona too much during this episode but i'm going to talk about it now wear your fucking masks the only way to get past this is social distancing and masks if you want to sit there and Put your tinfoil hat on and say, oh, the government, blah, blah, blah. no, fuck off. We got to do this together. And if it is one of those, like, government conspiracies, then wear your fucking mask so you can live to see another day. Because if it is a worldwide conspiracy, then fuck, I'm wearing my mask to go, hey, I'm along with you. But that's bullshit. Sit there, wear your mask, do what you need to do, wash your hands. So, you know what, mask it or casket. And after that little rant, this next part is going to be a little ironic but i do sincerely mean it from the bottom of my heart and i know the guys will agree with this this year has sucked the negativity and just the darkness that is in this world right now sucks but it is good to remember it is the darkest before the dawn so rage rage against that dying light and in the mortal words of bill s preston esquire and ted theodore logan be excellent to each other.